This is Dave LaGreca of Busted Open, and I know two extremely passionate fans about AEW, Paul Zartman and Tanner Lee. That's right, Paul and Tanner. I love what they bring to the table on the Kicking Out Podcast. That's right, the Kicking Out Podcast with Tanner Lee and Paul Zartman. Are you listening to me? If you want the latest on AEW and you're an AEW fan and you want to get the scoop, you listen to Paul and Tanner right now on all podcast forums. I'm talking, you go to the podcast store, you lay down your money, and you buy the Kicking Out podcast. You do it now. If you love AEW, you'll love Tanner and Paul. Thursday night, you know what that means. Another brand new episode of the Kicking Out Podcast. I'm Tanner Lee, along with my co-host Paul Zartman. You can follow us on our Twitter and Instagrams at mine's at Tanner Lee92. Paul's is at Paul Zartman921. And of course, our, the Kicking Out Podcast handles at Kicking Out Pod. You can also like us on Facebook and you can subscribe to our YouTube and Twitter. Oh, of course, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. Too many TWs, Twitch accounts, and we appreciate everybody watching live right now on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And we would appreciate it if you subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to our podcast on. And if it happens to be on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating and review. That really helps us out. How are you doing tonight, Paul? Uh, it's cold out. <laughs> it is cold, yes. Uh, the daughter had softball practice from 4.30 to 6, and uh, that wind just seemed to be nonstop during the whole time. So uh, I'm warming back up. That's a good thing, but uh, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, for our viewers and listeners that don't know, we live in uh, Indiana. <laughs> and yeah. Indiana weather likes to be bipolar. So <laughs> it would be nice if we would pick a temperature and stay with it, but that's just not the case. No, I think we're staying in the mid fifties for the next uh, 10 days or so. I think you're right, unfortunately, but uh, is what it is, but something that didn't stay the same, something that changed up quite a bit this week was uh, the world of wrestling, particularly of revolving around all elite wrestling, which we primarily talk about on this show. And let's start off with talking this week's being the elite episode 251 titled. There's gotta be a change. Uh, the show opens up with, uh, we see clips. Oh, uh, that's, oh, there it is. Clips shown of uh, the Young Bucks turning on John Moxley during last week's main event of Dynamite. And then we see uh, Matt Jackson skateboarding with Brandon Cutler around Daly's place. Yeah, it looks like Paul froze, so I'm going to keep this going. Uh, yeah, so Matt Jackson was skateboarding around Daly's place with Brandon Cutler. Um, not really doing anything fancy, just skating around. Um, Matt did try a kickflip or two from time to time. I uh, think he might have landed one, but he didn't land very many at all. Um, we then move on to a bit, uh, of course, uh, Matt showing Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy said he's over. The last year, Darby Allen is some someone everybody talks about. He says Darby's always risking his body in the rain. That's something he's done before, and he's done it longer. 
saying that he's been in the business 28 years, doing this for 28 years. Hardy says Darby is correct when he said that Matt's body is breaking down, but if the broken down veteran beats Darby in his prime, what does that say about him? The two are going to meet up in a false count anywhere match for the TNT title on Dynamite. And uh, Darby's in for the fight of his life. He said he's going to beat Darby. People are going to be mad, but he doesn't care what the modern wrestling fan thinks, which seems to be kind of a theme among a lot of wrestlers this week, speaking out against the modern wrestling community. Uh, We then see a bit with the Dark Order. There you are. You're back. Yeah. Sorry about that. Internet glitch. No, I am having some difficulties myself. My uh, notes on Microsoft Word literally just, Microsoft Word just pretty much went away from me. So I'm about to lose all my notes for the show. So I'm going to we'll wing it. Backup plan here, real quick. I apologize for everybody watching. Um, gotta love going live. Anything um, can happen when you're live. I think JR has taught us that. Yes. Um, I was just about to talk about the Dark Order bit ah. on BTE on Monday. But uh, I'm working on getting this back up. I don't know why Microsoft Word has literally crashed and I don't have my notes. So, um, Do you remember what happened in the Dark Order bit, Paul? Why I tried to find uh, it here? I figured you were going to ask me that. Um there was some ramblings about different things. Five walked in, uh, has apparently regained his manhood and it is no longer shrimp. <laughs> That's uh, right. So everybody was all excited about that. Um, I want to say Statlander was sitting up where Anna normally sits and Stu Grayson was freaking yes. out about it. That's correct. So he says, uh, you know, that's not who's supposed to be sitting up there. there there's always somebody there, but that's not right. Or something it, along those lines. Um, yeah, I think I think you got the gist of it. Um, I'm trying to pull up the source. <laughs> I got, I used to uh, take my notes, but I, I don't know what's going on with my internet right now. All of a sudden, it was <laughs> running smooth, and then once you had a glitch, now all of a sudden I'm having a glitch. So I'm, uh, I'm working on, working Anything on. Anything can happen when you go live. Well, while uh, you do that. Um, you can take a look at the new Kicking Out podcast banner that I've got hanging behind me. If you happen to be watching this live or on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, uh, it's all places that you can visually see us as we do this podcast. And uh, finally decided it was time that we got a Kicking Out podcast banner. Uh, Tanner, you've got one of these coming soon too, don't you? Yes, it'll be in uh, more of the rectangular or the vertical shape as my banner back here for one of my other podcasts. Yeah, I didn't expect this one to be this <laughs> big when uh, I ordered it, but hey, you know what? I like it. Yeah, no, it looks great. Um, it was just too big for uh, my space down here, and it fits perfectly in your space. So, Yeah, kind of got a door there in place of uh, a window so that the light didn't shine through and ruin Tanner Lee that's there. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> uh, well, while you do that, I'll talk a little bit uh, about uh, my thoughts on uh, the opening bits of BTE. Um, I liked how they made everything seem like it was that, that flashback feel. 
um, with the Young Bucks. And you still kind of see like Matt isn't too sure about his decision. So it was interesting to not seeing Dynamite yet, seeing BTE as it aired live or premiered for the first time. Um, it was interesting. It made me sit there and wonder, you know, okay, are they just going to swerve us once again where they give us all this, oh, look, we're going heel, and then Wednesday's going to roll around and they're going to come out the face tunnel and be the Young Bucks. I finally have the recap up. So Okay. Um, so you, you pretty much hit the nail on the head with the Dark Order bit. Um, we then saw a bit where Cutler was showing – AW doing test shots for the inner circle entering the parking lot for last week's intro to dynamite, which was pretty cool. Yeah. There were a few times in those test shots. I thought they were going to wreck. <laughs> I read somewhere on Twitter. I don't know if they were joking or not, but that uh, car that Jericho was driving in front, was supposedly Mike Tyson's really, that would make sense with uh, the news that we got later on in the week in dynamite. Um, but yet it wouldn't surprise me if it was truly Jericho's. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, it, it's a great looking car, uh, a yeah. fancy car, but it, you know, knowing AW, they can get their hands on some pretty cool cars. I mean, remember that um, souped up Ford car last year that Moxley yeah. supposedly owned. That was like Tony Khan's uncles or something. Oh, was it? I thought and it was like one of 20. Moxley. Moxley drove that again, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've had him. They've let him drive it a couple times, but okay. I think the actual owner is in the Con family because that car is worth a lot of money. Wouldn't surprise me none. So, um, but back to the rest of being the elite. Uh, after that segment, we got a segment or a bit that shows uh, Vicky Guerrero, Nyla Rose, and Ryzen continuing to sell church merch, which is really the wrestling, the wrestlers' ring gear and weapons back to them. Uh, Ryzen talks about stealing some stuff from the Good Brothers, and it ends up being Blue Chew. But Ryzen thinks they're candy, and he pops like fifteen of them. Time At passes least. by, and Ryzen goes to get up, and apparently he. Uh, he can't get up from the table because the pills have kicked in and uh, haven't stopped doing what they're supposed to do yet. And he, he tells the two ladies he'll meet up with them later. My question, was that Sheeta's Kindo stick? I don't know who else uses a Kindo stick. Uh, I don't know anybody else. So I would think so. Okay. Yeah. So maybe we see her making an appearance on BTE. It'd be nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure would. After that bit, we get a bit with uh, Stu Grace and Evo Uno. They're continuing to bicker about there being a different woman in their hangout. Then we see Alex Abrahantes end up being in the middle. He's the middleman. He's trying to help bring the partners back together. Um, they pass mean messages back and forth through Abrahantes and seemingly work things out. Yeah. Uh, I really like that segment, how Abrahantes was kept making sure that, you know, well, what you actually said gets tweaked so that you two hopefully duke it out. Mm -hmm. And then it all came down to let's go kick the butcher's backside. Yep. The butcher and the, and the blade, I believe both of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was funny how he was toying with the original message. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, good stuff. I, I mean, I thought there was a little, little friction going on. 
yeah, I was getting scared that something was going to happen with the Dark Order, but luckily uh, that got brought to an end pretty quickly. Yeah, just a just a little brush up between a between a faction happens, and then the fact that he kicks back and drinks the grape Kool Aid. Yeah, just made the segment. Yeah, I I need a drink, and then get takes the Kool Aid pouch. Yep. Uh, then we get a bit from uh, actually it's a clip showing the young bucks not being able to take out Omega during last week's show clips of old BTE shows are spliced in the young bucks end up uh, turning on Moxley and giving him a double super kick during the match and afterwards uh, then we see backstage Omega sitting with Matt and Nick Kenny's talking about how things have changed over the years but as long as they s- stick together they'd be okay Kenny says the people who once flocked to them now have turned on them saying you're washed up you're overrated um, saying that Kenny's got to provide to them that he's the best in the world. Uh, he's got to prove those doubters wrong again and again. Uh, the moment they don't have an amazing match, they're washed up. Kenny says he could break his neck and people would be happy. Kenny says he feels like uh, they have go-away heat and some wouldn't uh, mind seeing the promotion go away. Omega says he always wanted to change the world, but he had to change himself to do that. As long as Matt and Nick are around him, then he's good. Omega says the problem with the Young Bucks now are that they are a reminder of the wrestling style that he doesn't like. They painted the fans, etc. He says he doesn't like what he does. He just feels like it's his responsibility to go out and be the best and to embarrass others who think they are the best. Kenny shows that them their uh, freely wrestling gear with the tassels and says that's not them anymore. They can be themselves going forward. That's got to be a change. Matt and Nick then nod to him as the show comes to a close. Yeah, this was a interesting segment. And can we take a moment to acknowledge the fact that Kenny Omega wasn't wrong with anything he said? No, he's not. I mean, he's speaking from the heart. He's speaking the truth. Yeah, I mean, there's so much hate towards AEW these days and to Kenny Omega. But, I mean, in all honesty... Kenny was right in the aspect of he is one of the greatest wrestlers on the planet. Uh, I saw a tweet earlier today where there's just like a group of wrestlers who are like, oh, name your dream match. And everybody picked Kenny Omega. Yep. Um, CM Punk's mentioned him. Um, Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think. Kurt Angle. Um, uh, uh, Who was the guy from WWE last night that I saw mentioned him? Um, Murphy, Murphy oh, mentioned them. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, when it was, everybody mentions their dream opponents, Kenny always comes up. So yep. that's not by accident. No, not at all. So the fact that Kenny acknowledged that on being the elite to me just was great. Those are the type of promos I really enjoy. Um, did you get a chance to watch the broken skull st- sessions with, um, stone Cold's show with Chris Jericho? I did. I did not sleep Sunday night, and I watched it. <laughs> what did you think of it? I thought it was absolutely fantastic, and I see Jericho had uh, Stone Cold on Talk is Jericho, so I've got to go check that one out now. Yeah, I listened to that yesterday. Um, it was pretty good. They, they talked about a lot of Stone Cold stuff prior to the Attitude Era, really, so mm. it was interesting to hear about his ECW and WCW days. And yeah, different stories from them. Yeah, you know, I loved the way they did everything with Jericho. Uh, they allowed him to talk about AEW. They allowed him to talk about his whole career up to this point. And seeing the 
stuff that how frustrated he was with WCW and then coming over and some of the struggles he had even within the WWE. It was really interesting to see because you don't you don't get to know that about a lot of people. No, I mean, unless, I mean, now so, I guess, nowadays, you do learn more about the frustrations because of all the different uh, wrestling websites and the dirt sheets and everything, uh, opposed to a few years ago when there wasn't so many out there in social media and all that. They have, you know, a platform to air their grievances out, uh, or especially after they get released or move on to a different promotion or whatnot. But yeah, uh, I really enjoy, I always enjoy the Broken Skull sessions. I mean, that's one of the reasons I have the network still, even though it went over to Peacock is I think they do good on their documentaries and their original shows like that. And then I like to watch their old content, but unfortunately a lot of it's not over yet. And I probably won't be till August or so, but I thought it was good. I was really glad he talked about AEW as much as he did. Cause like you said, yeah. they were talking about the last 30 years of his career and you can't do that without talking about AEW. So Yep. And, you know, they made a lot of references to a lot of good things. Um, Y2J, the original incarnation of Y2J, was one of my favorites from Jericho. And to figure out how he came up, you know, with the whole back to the crowd thing, I would never have known that. So, learned a lot about the man that I didn't know. Yeah, it was really good. I encourage everybody to check it out if they haven't already. I think I put a link to it on our Facebook page, I believe, earlier this week, uh, Monday, I believe. Um, so you can go check it out there. Click the link, and it'll tell you where you can find it. Um, and also, the one thing I'll, I'll close my thoughts on 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 that, but with uh, I was really surprised that we saw a picture of the AEW World Heavyweight Championship on the WWE Network. Yeah, that one was uh, real interesting, and. Um, Go check out Jericho's new book. I'm definitely going to be ordering that. A man who has wrote down every single match he's had since the moment he stepped into the ring until now. Over 2,000. Like yeah. 2,200 some. So, uh, yeah, it's, it looks like a good book. Um, it was supposed to be out by now originally, but it got pushed back. The date release date got pushed back. So you can pre-order it, I believe, now. And then it will come out in May, I believe. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. So, uh, before we get into recapping this week's dynamite, it's April 15th and two years in a row now on 415, the world wrestling entertainment about said world wrestling federation, <laughs> world wrestling entertainment, uh, decided to release a bunch of their talent. Yeah, this was, uh, a shock. Um, I was surprised at some of the names on the list, most notably Samoa Joe. Um, I don't know if this is due to permanent injury. I don't know if he's completely done. I thought he delivered I, a lot to the podcast or to the commentary, though. Oh, he's uh, he's the he's one of the best commentators they have. Um, and I heard this afternoon Sean Ross Sap of Fightful.com, and he's one of the uh, part of the wrestling media I really respect, and I think he's one of the more credible ones out there. So when he says something, I believe it; it's factual. Um, he said he was told this week that Samoa Joe still wants to wrestle. So there we have it. Samoa Joe still wants to wrestle. Uh, I'm looking here. Uh, Billy Kay, Chelsea Green, Peyton Royce, uh, Mickey James, uh, Tucker Kalisto, Wesley Blake, 
and uh, that's the first round. So there's still some more. Mojo Raleigh just within the last hour. Really? Yes. Wow, that was one that I mean I can see because they haven't used it. Exactly. Um, he was always a fan favorite. I mean, the headliner is definitely Smojo. And then mm. I think the Iconics was kind of surprising. Mickey James, because she's a Hall of Famer. She's a future Hall of Famer. Um, but let's let's go down the list. Let's start going down the list, see if we think any of these will uh, fit in the plans of AEW. Uh, well, the big cry has been sign Samoa Joe like as soon as you can. Oh, I would love it. I, I think he's gonna have his. <laughs> I think he's gonna have his pick of promotions. I think every promotion is gonna want him. I think he'd fit perfectly in the team Taz. He would. Um, yeah, because I definitely wouldn't want to see him come in and do something uh, against Miro or something. But he is in his forties. But I mean, the way the man moves around for a big guy, the WWE dropped the ball with him so bad. I mean, to have his time with the WWE come to a close and for him not to have a major title run. Oh, I know yeah. on the major roster aside from NXT is unbelievable. Right. Yeah. He had uh two reigns as NXT champion, uh, never made it to a WWE championship, whether it be the WWE championship or the world heavyweight or universal. Now, I guess um, it's just sad. I just have a feeling he's not getting up in AW though. No, sadly, I think uh, ROH New Japan. Yep, those one of those two. I think he's had history with those. He's had history in Impact too, but I don't. I don't see him ending up in Impact. Uh, NWA sure would love to have him. I mean, they need anybody at this point. But I, I'm thinking New Japan, ROH, one of those yep. two. Yeah, he. Uh... The NWA Twitter account also did tweet out earlier, like right as soon as this all started. Anybody else's notifications just mysteriously start blowing up. Yeah. I thought that was a nice little one. Well, Nick Aldis um, tweeted a picture of him and Samoa Joe with the yep. uh, emoji. So, um, yep. well, well, Speaking of Nick Aldis, his wife's Mickey James. I think she ends up in NWA. They need... A yeah. lot of women for their women's division. I think that makes too much sense not to happen. Oh, exactly. It'd be easy for her. She gets to tr- go around with her husband. They get to spend more time together. It's the perfect fit for her. Speaking of uh, husband and wives, uh, Peyton Royce, her husband, Sean Spears, part of the Pinnacle and AEW. Think that's a possibility she comes to AEW, or do you see her elsewhere? I'd like to see her come to AEW. Um I always felt that she was underutilized. And again, it was nothing against her and Billy Kay being partnered as the Iconics, but she just always had a lot of talent that didn't really get seen because of the fact that she was paired with Billy Kay through the majority of her career. I I think the WWE's decision to split the Iconics up was their the end doing, really. I mean, I don't know. That was stupid. It was really stupid to split them up. They were gaining some momentum, and then, um, yeah, yeah. split them up, and neither one caught on as a singles act. Nope. So I, I think though, I think they wherever they go, they'll go together. Whatever promotion they go to, absolutely. And I don't think it's going to be AEW. No, I mean, I, I again, I'd like it um, just to get us uh, a few more women on our roster, uh, but 
again, I don't think it'll happen. Uh, Zach Hinton is joining us via Facebook. Says hello, gentlemen. Hi, Zach. Hello, thanks, Zach. Thanks for tuning in tonight. We appreciate it. Uh, no, AEW's women's ro- women's roster is definitely getting stronger, um, and it could. I mean, some of these women could fit in pretty good, but I, I don't. I just don't see that happening with either of those two. No, no, I don't think. If anything, I think uh, Peyton will stay out of the ring for a while. Um, not well, too I'll, sure about Billy, but I did read every single c- release talent today is ninety day no compete. Yes, so, so we've got three months. Yep, as capacity is hopefully getting back to a hundred percent, they could all make their appearance somewhere else. Yep, we will see. Um, uh, how about Chelsea Green? Talk about a woman who she's on fire and impact years ago, but ever since she got to WWE and did well in NXT, but then when she got called up to the main roster, she just couldn't stay healthy. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see her take these 90 days to make sure she is ready for in-ring action and can really get in there and stay healthy for a while. Uh, we've seen this with a couple different women who all of a sudden just can't stay healthy. Um, I don't think she'll end up in AEW just because of the incident with her fiance. Um, but I hope whatever she does, she enjoys it. Yeah. Her fiance for everybody listening or watching that might not know is Matt Cardona. It was released formally. Zach Ryder was released by the WWE last year on this day. Uh, spent a cup of coffee in AEW, about five appearances, five matches or so. Um, was hoping to get signed, and I guess Tony Khan just didn't see enough out of him. I don't know what, what the case was. So now he's an impact, and I could see Chelsea end up with impact with him. But but she is very good friends with Britt Baker. So See, and that's where this kind of gets interesting. Uh, the one name I texted you earlier I would love to see uh, came to terms with Adam Cole, but that didn't happen. I don't think that's going to happen for a while. Uh, he'd be the one that I'd want to bring over if anybody offered. Uh, if that's going to happen, it's going to be a handful of years from now. <laughs> yeah, it'll be uh, next year when they do this on April 15th. <laughs> it could be. Uh, we've seen crazier things happen, I guess. Um, as for the other guys, I actually could see Tucker coming over to AW, but being yeah. more of a dark or elevation talent than a regular dynamite talent. Um, he did the first tweet from him after the release. Uh, he changed his Twitter handle. He changed his Twitter name. And all it said was freedom. Yeah. With a couple emojis after. And, it, and so. he said, he said someday I can't wait to tell my story. So yeah. Yeah. That's another one. They shouldn't have split up heavy machinery. I mean, yeah, can, I know. honestly, I is, is, is Otis in a better place now than he was no. a year ago? Absolutely not. So, no, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, by the end of the night Otis was released. I mean, I mean, Tucker got the shaft out of that deal. Mm-hmm. To be honest, the only reason Otis got over is because of his tweets with Mandy Rose. And they, they brought did a storyline, and it was not good at all. No, <laughs> it was terrible. Had him win the Money in the Bank, only to lose it months later after doing nothing with it. So just yeah. ridiculous. So. Um, and then the other guy that was released earlier today, I'm not familiar with him. Uh, Wesley Blake. Yeah, I am not familiar with him. Uh, neither am I. Um, I will say there's three guys we haven't talked about. Uh, Wesley Blake, which again, I don't know who that is. And the other two, I would absolutely love to see come over Kalisto and Bo Dallas. 
Yeah, if Bo Dallas wants to wrestle, um, he's a very underrated talent that hadn't been using since 2019, yeah. I believe, was his last match. And but, he wasn't even used properly no, then. I, I have heard stories that he's pretty happy with his life outside of wrestling, so he might just be done. Um, but Kalisto could work pretty good with the other high flyers and luchadors in, mm-hmm. in AEW. So. Or he could even end up in AAA. That, that, that's probably it. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. And Mojo, I have no idea. He seems like an impact oh. guy. Yeah. Yeah. He seems to be ready to walk right in. Impact he can go back with over. his buddy, Matt Cardona again. So, <laughs> so honestly, as of right now, my guess would be, I don't think we see too many additions to the AW roster out of, out of these cuts. No, no, I don't. I mean, everybody thinks, Oh, AW is going to try to sign all of them, but really I only see, Again, I see Tony Khan reaching out to Joe and saying, hey, the door's open. You want to talk? And maybe Joe says, okay, for an appearance or two, but uh, I don't see a full-term contract with him. Yeah, I mean, I would lo- I would love it. I, I mean, he's great in the ring, and he can even add some commentary. And like I said, I think he'd be perfect on Team Taz. Him and Taz have some history back in mm-hmm. TNA. So we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting in uh, three months from now where – where these talents start popping up, but uh, yeah, I feel bad for everybody who got cut today and their and their families and everything. And and if it's yeah. anything like like last year, NXT cuts will happen tomorrow. So yeah, yeah. And what one name I would be would not be shocked if we see releases uh, Chad Gable. So oh yeah, I forgot he was still with the company, and he's one I know that F the FTR boys really want to come over. Um. He's he's one that's underutilized for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I love the fact uh, I just looked at Twitter and Tony Khan's trending because he's looking at the list of names to sign them all. Well, that and he's getting a lot of praise because one thing Tony's done really well over the past years, he hasn't let too many talents go. Now, they exactly. did let it looks like they did let one go this week, Eva Lise. But she has had backstage problems every single promotion she's been on. And it kind of sounds like it stems back to her match with Thunder Rosa, her lack of selling, her lack of respect, even though Thunder Rosa said she had no problem with that. But kind of sounds like she's always blaming others and not herself. So. Yeah. Yeah. Although I do got to say one more thing about Samoa Joe. If he ends up in AEW, he's got to walk out, shove MJF, and walk right backstage. Yeah, that would be a cool feud to start right away. And I know MJF tweeted that he's tired of uh, stop using that GIF. Yeah. Because for people that don't know, years ago, MJF was a extra on WWE television on NXT. And yeah, and then Paul's got the GIF up right there. And Small Joe just shoves MJF, who was a security guard at the time, to the side. Yep. There it is. There it is. There's good. And I just want to see it. I just want to see it once on AEW just to see MJF's face. Yep. MJF uh, would be shocked, but he does have a a team behind him now that could handle his dirty work. That he does. So, well, any any more um, thoughts on any of the release talent that we haven't covered already? Um, No. Uh, Best of luck to everybody. Um, It just sucks seeing this happen. It does, uh, especially during a pandemic. Um, but if anything, I can say, uh, go check out Ty Conti's Instagram story where she talks about 
her release last year. And I mean, look at her now. She's got a title shot next week. And, and I should note, she asked for her release from NXT last year. And some of these talents today, I don't know which ones, but Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com reported some of these talents did ask for this release. Others did not. So Right. So it'll be interesting as we go forward over the next few days. We'll We'll find out exactly who did what. Yep, it, uh, we'll see more names pop up. So. Oh, I'm sure we will. But let's uh, recap last night's Dynamite, which was a very fun show. Um, once again, sorry, I don't have my notes, so I'm looking off a off a website. I'm actually on Wrestling Inc., so I'm going to have to take some of the recaps here and kind of chop them up in my own head r- real quick. So it might take me a little while. But uh, the show starts with AW World Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, talking about turning on John Moxley last week. Matt says they chose friendship and thanked Moxley for pushing them over the edge. Matt says they are family and finally understand what Don Callis has been telling them for weeks. They haven't been the same, and they let others change the narrative of them. Matt says maybe it's time to show a newer, better version of themselves as we see their old gear getting clipped up with scissors. Yeah, that was a real interesting segment. Uh, definitely one of those ways to say, look, that was then, this is now. Uh, Jericho mentioned it on Broken Skull Sessions. You have to reinvent yourself, whether you go face to heel, heel to face, or you take time off and you come back. You just have to reinvent that character and the young bucks kind of did that. Yep. It was time. It was time for a refresh. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, backstage. We then see Mike Tyson, who's the special enforcer for the later in the night for the Chris Jericho, Dax Harwood match. Uh, Mike Tyson says he's happy to be tonight's special enforcer. Then MJF shows up and wants to tell Tyson uh, a few things. He gets Tyson. Tyson was a big deal. But his guys are not happy with Tyson. He makes comments about, I don't remember you, but my dad told me you're a big deal and all this stuff. And <laughs> he even he even uh, makes fun of Tyson's tattoo on his face, which I don't care if it's scripted or not. I would not have said that to the guy. Uh, no, um, never. MGF uh, continues and goes on that Chris Jericho is Tyson's enemy, and there's no better time than now to take him out. Tyson doesn't like what MJF is saying. MJF says all he wants is Tyson to be on the right side of history and offers up a blank check to Tyson. Mike takes it up, rips it up, puts it in his mouth, and then spits it out of MJF's face, and MJF splits and walks away. Yeah. I uh, I I said it before. You know it was interesting. Is Mike Tyson really going to stay with him because it reminded me of the DX segment so much. And then that happened, and I was like, oh, here we go. He's going to accept that check. Jericho's not going to know it. But luckily, that wasn't the case. Yeah, I thought it was the classic uh, swerve, Tyson turning on the on the inner circle and joining the pinnacle. But um, like you said, that wasn't necessarily the case. So, But the match kicks off. I know we were kind of debating last week what we thought would open, the, open up the uh, – the show, the show kicked off with a tag team title match between the Young Bucks, uh, defending it against Ray Phoenix and Pack of the Death Triangle. And we got a comment here from uh, Zach Hinton on Facebook. It's a good match. Phoenix is becoming more and more one of my favorites every week. Yeah, as long as he's not out there trying to break his tailbone, he does great. Oh, he tries <laughs> that every week. What are you talking about, Paul? I know. I know. Uh, but the Young Bucks come out in white gear different look than we usually see them. Like I said, they usually have tassels and everything. They don't do their flexing entrance with dollar bills this week. They kind of throw back to 
their heel tactics in ROH and New Japan through the flex in the ring as confetti and streamers come down everywhere. Yeah, only difference was uh, normally at ROH and New Japan, the streamers are being thrown in the ring from the fans. Correct, correct. Well, there's no fans there to do it right now, so right. we're not enough close to the ring. Right. Uh, Don Callis comes out with the unbucks, but he heads over straight to commentary. Uh, this match starts off like you would expect. Uh, lots of reversals, lots of things going, lots of high-flying moves, action-packed. Uh, it's a pretty exciting match all the way through. It's a pretty long match. Uh, towards the end of the match, uh, we see uh, Nick Jackson. He hits a, rebo- a rebounding clothesline on Phoenix. Uh, he then tags in Nick, uh, or Nick ends up hitting a low blow kick on Pack without the referee noticing. Phoenix flies in, hits a super kick in midair, then yanks. Uh, uh, Nick hits a super kick on Phoenix midair, then yanks off Phoenix's mask, throws it. Phoenix covers his face. Matt and Nick both hit a double super kick for the one, two, three. That I text you as soon as they did that last night. That's how you see Matt a heel turn. Yeah, they've uh, we've seen a few guys get demasked. We've seen uh, Pentagon get demasked now and AW now Phoenix. But uh, you know, it's more common nowadays. But at one time in pro wrestling, that was the ultimate disrespect to mm-hmm. a luchador and it still is disrespectful why they right. did it the heel move and uh cool finish i didn't expect it and uh yeah. nick nick was playing up to the camera like did you see us take his mask off and and uh it's interesting yeah. to see the bucks in this role because i think matt actually feels more comfortable in a heel role than nick but i think nick's coming nick along again there. yep yeah It'll take him some time to get back there. You know, when they were heels last, Nick wasn't a dad. So he didn't have to worry about, you know, how the kids saw him on TV or anything like that. Now he's got kids and he doesn't want to do anything too bad to upset them. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, so they, the Bucks retain. Um, I believe you called the upset and changing of the titles last week, didn't you? I did. Nah. I did. Had to be bold. Had to be bold. So, hey, I like being proved wrong. So, well, you were definitely proven wrong there. So, <laughs> we then backstage see Alex Marvez talking with the number one contender for the AEW World Championship, Hangman Adam Page. He's with the Dark Order. Uh, he wants to talk to him about dealing with Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. Uh, Page says Silver should be back in four to six weeks, then says he's got to go do something, not answering Marvez's question at all. Um, Silver then does some rehab and tries to lift his arm up slowly as the guys cheer him on. So Paige still kind of being the like the ex who doesn't want to talk about his previous relationship. Yeah, uh, it was nice. I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed the fact that, you know, they swerved the question completely uh, as like hangman couldn't even bring himself to talk about it and focused on Silver because He's trying to put the Dark Order over even more than they already are. Uh, I mean, I think we can all agree at this point that Dark Order is probably one of the favorite factions in the company. Yes. Uh, So him still trying to just put them over, not admit that he's part of the Dark Order, not admit that he's missing hanging out with the buddies. This is an interesting twist for Hangman, and I'm interested to see where it goes in the future. I mean, are we going to get... Hangman and, and Omega at double or nothing? 
Uh, based off the rating, the rankings, we will. I hope not. I want them to build this thing till the end of the year because I think Hangman needs to win on his first attempt. And yeah. I don't see Kenny. Kenny's not losing to Rich Swan at Rebellion um, no. next weekend on the 24th, which it just dawned on me today. We haven't heard or seen anything about that match on Dynamite. In the AW World Championship, it's going to be up for grabs. Yeah. That tells you right there what's going to happen. I know, but why Why haven't we seen Rich Swan on, on Dynamite yet? Maybe he makes an appearance next week, but because Tony Khan said he's going to be there at Rebellion. Yeah. Tony Khan will be there. Um, there's a press conference tonight on Impact. I forgot Impact. Match. Forgot Impact's on Thursdays now. Uh, so did I until I saw a tweet earlier that said press conference and showed both of them. And it says tonight, Impact 8 7 Central. And I went, oh, oh, yeah. I mean, really, this partnership hasn't been anything I thought it was going to be between these no. two companies. It's just been Don Callis and Kenny Omega. It's been pretty blah, to be honest. Oh, and, but, and private party. I forgot. But I think Kenny's got to win the title. He's got to have three titles. He's got to be the belt collector. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, we're in 15 days. We'll be a month away exactly from double or nothing. And we have no idea who's in line to face Omega if he defends it. I assume he will, but. What if we finally see it work out and Rich Swan comes over in a rematch? Could. It's a possibility. At which point Kenny still retains, and then we start working towards all out for Hangman and Omega. Unless they say that for full gear, and Hangman goes after the Will Ospreay next. Or, or Omega goes after Will Ospreay next, because I think he's going to try to collect as many as he can. That'd be interesting. Unless Ibushi wins a back from Osprey in the meantime or something. So, because mm. uh, I, I won't spoil what Callis said. We'll, we'll, we'll cover that later. <laughs> we'll cover that later. So, yes. but um, then we see uh, Marvez again uh, backstage with Inner Circle and Mike Tyson. Chris Jericho says they were once rivals with Tyson, but after getting beat up by the pineapple, then he corrects himself the pinnacle. He wanted to make an apology to some people that they've wronged. And you know when he said this? You know what popped in my head right away? Vince? Billy Madison. Okay, yeah. When Billy calls every yeah. calls that guy that he bullied and the guy marks him off his hit list and ends up saving Billy at the end. Yeah. I don't know. Just right away, just made me think of Billy Madison calling people he wronged. <laughs> I don't know why. Mm. So. Yeah. Uh, uh Jericho says Tyson's one of the first people he called. He says he goes back 10 years with them. They've been at each other's throats ever since Tyson knocked him out on a Monday night. Tyson told him if Jericho needed him, he'd have his back. Tonight, he's a special enforcer for Jericho versus Harwood. Jericho then tells Tyson he doesn't want any special favors and he wants to call down the middle. Tyson says he's not taking any size and he will call it down the middle. He says, may the best man win and shakes Jericho's hand. And, you know, I almost did my best impersonation of Mike Tyson right there, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, we can't. We can't replicate Iron Mike. I don't take sides. <laughs> That's pretty good, though. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Now, say it to his face. Uh, uh, no. Uh, we then get a matchup that's been a month or so in the making, Red Velvet versus Jade Cargill. I thought both women looked really strong in this match, but, of course, Jade 
came out victorious, which I think is the right move. I tweeted from, from our account last night, our Twitter account, which you can follow at Kicking Out Pod, that I don't think Jade should suffer her first loss till 2022. Mm, okay. I I forget that we're in 2021. I was just yeah. like, well, that's a little ways off. But no, actually, it's really not. And uh, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, a really good match. Uh, towards the end, we see yeah. Red Velvet hit a clothesline and then hit another one and then a third one. Uh, finally brings Jade down. Velvet nails a face buster. A standing moonsault but only gets a two count. She then heads up to the top rope, tries for a moonsault, but nobody's home. Cargo lifts Velvet up and nails Jaded for the one, two, three. Yeah, I got to say, uh, I was surprised to see Red Velvet get the offense she did. Uh, even though she did not get the W in this match, she came out looking strong. She yes. held her own against Jade, and it made her look strong. Jade looked strong. So it was a win-win, in my opinion. I, I didn't realize till last night's Dynamite that her father is a former boxer, professional boxer. I didn't either until last so, night. Yeah, she started off the match throwing some body shots at Jade. So good match. Um be interesting to see if this feud's done or not. Rem- uh, oh, no, it's not done yet. Red Velvet will get another shot and then lose again, and then it'll be over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I got to say, Red Velvet reminds me of a young, hungry Brandy Rhodes. She looks similar to her. Um, yeah, I mean, not not only skin color, but her the way her hair is yep. and the way she's built and moves around the ring. So. There's a reason why they've had our partner with Cody so many times. Oh, yeah. Which yep. which two weeks in a row, no no Cody Rhodes on Dynamite. Hey. I, uh, which yeah, is all I right. Which is all right. Right. And I saw something. Uh, he's got a new jacket coming out, too. Yeah. He, it is available for pre-order on um, ProWrestlingTees.com. I'm not sure if it's on ShopAW.com or not. Probably is. But I think it's like 135 bucks. It's a bomber jacket. It's, it's an interesting one. Um, it's mm-hmm. not. Something I would probably wear, but <laughs> I, the, it will sell out quickly for sure. You know, I looked at that and went, if it wasn't that much, I might consider it. I uh, want, I want one of the, um, and they don't have them anymore. And I asked, even asked Pro Wrestling Tees one time if they're going to bring them back, and they said they didn't have any plans to. The Zip Up Nightmare Family jackets that you could get your name on. I yeah. wanted one of those. Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, Bunny wasn't our friend at that point in time. I, uh, yeah, that was pre AW. So I wasn't even aware they were made until it was too late. So, yep. We then get a a backstage interview with Tony Schiavone talking with Britt Baker and rebel. Uh, Britt's looking over the AW rankings at number three. Um, she notes that red velvet just lost and that she has two more wins. So it's only logical. She'll be number two. She says she'll be on dark elevation on Monday. I think we can see between the tea leaves. I think Britt's going to be facing the winner of Tay Conte and Sheeta next week at double or nothing. And as much as it pains me to say this, um, I think Sheeta's going to win next week against. I, I do too. I do too. And then, then I think Britt takes it off for a double or nothing. Yep. Cause it would make no sense to have, Ty Conte win to turn around and lose to Baker. Yeah, the only short reign we've seen like that in AW is Brody Lee having a TNT title for five months. Yep. And still, I mean, we talk 
short rains at five months. And, you know, sometimes you get two or three weeks short rains in other places. Or a day. Or a day. Yeah. <laughs> Not even a full 24 hours sometimes. Yep. Yep. But uh, the one thing I got to mention about this segment, and I hope they do something with this, and I know it was a slip up, but Tony called her Dr. Breaker. I seriously hope they do something. Did he say that. Breaker or Barker or Breaker? Breaker. 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 Cause he tried to mix. He wanted to call, went to call her Britt Baker and just combined the two. And now she's Dr. Breaker. And I think it'd be great for her. Yeah. We might see something about that uh, somewhere on a vlog or something. Yeah. We then see the AW in-ring debut of Anthony Agogo former Olympic boxer. He's, of course, with the rest of his stable, the factory with QT Marshall, Nick Camaroto, and Aaron Solo versus Cole Carter, who I think this was only his second match in AEW. His other yeah. match was on either Dark or Elevation, one of the two. Uh, very quick match. Um, Agogo shoved Carter into the corner, and they break. Agogo shoves him, gets him on a waist lock, or, or Carter gets Agogo on the waist lock, uh, does a standing switch, Carter throws him down to the mat. Ogogo punches Carter right in the midsection, goes down like a sack of potatoes, and the ref calls for the bell. I was surprised uh, to call it right then and there, but watching it, Carter couldn't catch his breath. So I mean, well, there was it, no way he could have continued. They're going to build Ogogo. I mean, he's green. Mm -hmm. They're going to build him into a power force, and this is going to be his finisher, and it's going to be nasty. Um, this We're going to see many guys take a kind of a TKO. I guess. And all I got to say is good thing Carter wasn't wearing white tights. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Because it might have had a sting after that punch. Yeah. And can we take a moment just to reflect on the fact that QT Marshall is the only member of the factory without an O in his name? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I saw a tweet about it where so, somebody was joking that they, he needed to change his name to O.T. Marshall. <laughs> I guess the Marshall part's like drop now. It's just Marshall. So. Yeah, which is weird. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, they made emphasis on that for months, and now it's just like Marshall. Marshall. Okay. Uh, yeah. Like like we all thought it should have been to begin with. So, mm -hmm. um, But no, they this match did what it needed to do. Short, sweet. Go-Go gets yep. the win and keep building them. So. Uh, we then see backstage Miro says he hasn't talked with Kip Sabian since their arcade anarchy loss. Miro says he's got to move on with or without Sabian, but he's got to look for him. And he puts all the champions on notice, which I love to hear. I still want to see him get his hands on Kip so he can destroy him once and for all, then move on away from that. Yeah, uh, but you're getting that ruthless aggression side of Miro that you wanted so bad. I think everybody's been wanting oh, it. It's, I, yeah, mean, it's, I mean, yeah. I'm telling they, this. Yep. They teased us with it with Rusev, but he took all his orders from Lana. Now he's by himself. I want to see that same aggression without a coach. I want this guy to be the next TNT champion. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think it fits him perfectly. Heck, I'd be okay with FTW champion, honestly. Yeah. Him in cage one-on-one. -on -one. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> they need to get that belt off him. If they're going to keep it in Team Taz, give it to Hobbs. Mm -hmm. 
do something with it. I mean, he's defended it two or three times yeah. now. Yeah, it's just kind of it's a prop title. I mean, yep. I mean, I know titles are all kind of props, but uh, especially that one. Yeah, that so. one's bad. We did see Chris Jericho with Sammy Guevara against Dax Hardwood with Cash Wheeler and Mike Tyson's the special guest enforcer. Uh, Tully Blanchard tries to go out there, but gets kicked out. Uh, the fun match here, a physical match. It I mean, they, they started swinging away at each other right as the bell rang. Uh, we saw uh, Harwood tried to grab the bat, Jericho's bat, and, and hit him with it. And Tyson takes the bat away. That's after he already took took a chair away from Jericho. So he's definitely say, telling the guys he's going to be in the middle there. Um, but we see him kind of get each other wrapped in a headlock by the announce table. And Harwood hits Jericho with a mic. Jericho stabs Harwood in the head with a pin. Uh, I thought for a second he might bust open his stitches, but his stitches were pretty heavily bandaged yeah. um, that we saw him take two weeks ago in that beatdown from, from the inner circle. Um, a lot of action going back and forth. We see uh, Wheeler trying to get involved in the outside, and Sammy took him out. Um, then we see the pinnacle and the inner circle come flying through the tunnels. They're fighting backstage. They're fighting on the, on, on the, on the stage ramp. Uh, then we see Wheeler grab a, the baseball bat. He's looking like he's got a hit Jericho. Tyson pulls him down. He confronts Tyson Tyson. I honest to God can't tell if that was a great working punch or that was actually a shoot punch and cash. Wheeler's just a champ. Yeah, I don't know. All I got to say is, and uh, you tweeted this from our account on Twitter last night, uh, Night Night Cash. Yeah, that was, I mean, I, I want to say that was a working punch, but that was a good working punch. Yeah. Because if he really hit him, he would have knocked his teeth out. All I got to say is it made my face hurt. Oh, yeah. I mean, but uh, you can tell Mike Tyson has a good time doing this stuff. He really enjoys himself. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's getting paid a pretty penny, but mm-hmm. really enjoys himself. Yeah. And after after uh, Tyson knocks out uh, Wheeler, uh, Dex Hardwood, Hardwood gets distracted, and then Jericho ends up hitting the Judas effect for the one, two, three. Yeah, uh, great match, like you said. A lot of action. Reminded me um, with both their styles. Reminded me of some of the '80s matches that you would have seen mm-hmm. um, as. Dax and Cash kind of have made it known that they wrestle like those guys do. And then Jericho was trained in that time frame, so it worked out well. Yep, they wrestle like the horsemen, like Tully and Arn. It's kind of who yep. they base their move sets off of. I wouldn't mind seeing Jericho and Cash go one-on-one just to see if we get the same type of match. Yeah, we're only three weeks away from blood and guts. I feel like we need more singles matches between these two mm-hmm. in I mean, I'm glad they're doing blood and guts. Don't get me wrong, but I just feel like after seeing these two teams brawl on stage, I'm feeling this is a little rushed. Yeah, uh, I'm seeing a lot of that uh, as they've released the poster now, which is a shout out to War Games. Um, But yeah, it seems like a lot of people, and I even agree, it it is rushed. Uh, You could have drugged this out till June, July, August even. Or at least double um, or nothing at the end of May. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I think they they wanted to do something 
it gives them a chance. Uh, as we talked about, they're going a little more fans present for that. So yeah, it sounds like it hasn't been publicly announced, but Jericho kind of said on the uh, on Busted Open Radio with Dave Lagreca and Bully Ray that Tony Khan's most likely going to open up to fifty percent capacity instead of a little over 25 for blood and guts and i'm guessing that's gonna be a test run for double or nothing um see i originally thought being a two rings match it would be at at um the jaguars field next door but hearing that they're gonna have 50 percent come in they're gonna do that inside daily's place they're just gonna have to restructure it a little bit yeah and i mean they've still got plenty of space Mm. around the ring to build it in any direction so It'll be a good match, I think. Yep, they'll just have to push the crowd, the wrestlers at ringside back a little bit. Yeah, and they don't really, um, on the one side opposite of the stage, they don't really allow any of the wrestlers or fans right there front row anyway. Yeah. So I think that's where they're going to do it. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. I can't wait. Um, I know we're three weeks out, but I, I don't see the pinnacle losing that match. Neither do I. I'm calling it now. And uh, Mike Tyson was announced as an auxiliary member, I believe, of the inner circle. Not sure what that term means exactly in those in that in that uh, event, but uh, honorary member maybe or something. But uh, he was pictured in the graphic with the inner circle shirt. I'm, I'm getting a weird feeling here, Paul. That maybe I'm thinking way too outside the box, <laughs> but I'm thinking we're going to see him as some kind of enforcer for the blood and guts, and. The inner circle's about to win. Jericho's about to escape and gets his head smashed by Mike Tyson with the door. Okay. Uh, yeah. That'd be that DX segment that I talked about. Only this time, Pinnacle would be DX. Mm-hmm. Uh, they fit it a little more, honestly. Um, but, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to say you're thinking too far out there because I... <laughs> Pinnacle's going to win this match. I mean, everybody in inner circles already over. Yes. Pinnacle's the newcomers, you know, but the only thing I have, that means that's two big matches with inner circle that they've lost as a group. Yeah. Because they lost the stadium stampede as well. Yeah. But that was a year ago, at least. I mean, they've built some of their guys, especially Sammy. Really, really well over the past year. I mean, Jericho at this point is career. He can take losses. Hager can take losses. Even Proud and Powerful can take losses. But you look at MGF doesn't take many losses at all. Um, Sean Spears doesn't need to take any losses. Wardlow doesn't. He's lost once, I believe. And then FTR doesn't take too many. So, yeah. And uh, that loss Wardlow has was against Cody Rhodes in the Steel Cage match. Yep. Back in February 2020. Yep. So, a while ago. So, <laughs> um, we then see uh, Marvez going to, uh, he's looking to talk to Kenny Omega and company outside Daly's place. Callis takes the mic and kicks Marvez out. Callis says, if the wrestling world has learned anything about them, just when you think you've seen it all, you haven't seen anything. Callis said, it's not the end of the story when the Young Bucks joined them. It's just the beginning. Omega takes the mic. He says, they haven't changed. They're just sick of what the fans want them to be. From here on out, they're going to be whoever they want, and the gold will follow. Matt Jackson then takes a mic, says, this isn't all just fun and games. They just put on a match of the year earlier tonight. Matt says the tag, of, tag division is being put on notice. Anyone who wants to come at them, 
and have a BT trigger with their name on it. Callus finishes that fans should be ready to be surprised. The Young Bucks go and act like they're going to throw a super kick at the camera, and then they say they're just kidding, but Callus ends up super kicking the cameraman. And then uh, goes to commercial break, comes back that uh, Callus has been suspended. Yep. So that's interesting leading up to this impact match that Kenny has. Um, it was a nice little segment. Uh, you were going to touch on a little bit earlier about the surprise and you yeah. didn't want to ruin what yeah. Callis said. You know, I'm thinking it's going to be something with New Japan. Mm-hmm. But I don't know who. I mean, I still think they planted the seeds for the original Bullet Club against this Bullet Club or club. Yep. Um, I mean, let's not forget the tweet was sent out. Hey, Mox, you need some help. Yeah, exactly. By Tomatanga. Uh, Kenta, when he came over, didn't have kind words to say to Kenny mm-hmm. Omega. So I don't think we're going to see anybody... Well, they, they make it sound like we're going to see somebody in addition yeah. to the group. Right. Um, so that kind of throws me off a little bit, but we'll see. There's still a few members that they could get, uh, one of which we talked about earlier being Adam Cole. Uh, that's, that's not happening, man. <laughs> I know. No, 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 no. I'm just saying that that's one of those yeah. members from when they were in there. Uh, Hangman, uh, the villain, Marty Skrull. I don't um, see that happening either, unfortunately. No, no not with uh, his. Nope. Until his battle. allegations get cleared up, if they ever do. Yeah, they've all disappeared, but uh, we won't get into that. No. <laughs> um, I mean, there are some members that could join, but I don't see it. I happening. mean, it would be huge if Switchblade, Jay White, came over, but I think he'd be part of that. Maybe he comes over and turns on him or something, but. Um, right. I don't know. I think it's going to be a big deal, whatever it is. Yeah, it won't be somebody like Flip Gordon, that's for sure. No, he's not going to. No. <laughs> no. no. Book no. flip. No, book flip days are over, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah they are. So He's still begging for bookings, though. <laughs> well, he and Just some other guys. With, uh, the elite. He and some other guys that used to be uh, being the elite. Um, I won't name names. Joey Ryan. Um <laughs> We then see a video package uh, hyping up Thunder Rosa, who uh, says she's taken over the world. She wants both the NWA and AEW Women's Championships. Rosa says whoever wins between Sheeta and Conte, she's coming after them. Rosa then continues that, uh, saying that Serena Deeb is missed, but she's coming for that title when she comes back as well. Yeah, and uh, I thought this was an interesting segment because it seemed like Thunder Rosa's days in AEW were over with NWA coming back, but it doesn't seem like that's the case. I don't think so. I think, like I said, when her contract runs up with NWA, I think she's definitely all elite. Um, mm. But Billy Corgan wants to use her as much as he can right now, too, which is understandable. Yeah, which is why she needs that uh, NWA Women's Championship. Yep. Speaking of women's matches, we got Chris Statlander making her first entering action in the last 10 months, she's been out with a torn ACL. She comes out with uh, the rest of the best friends, Chuck Taylor, Orange Cassidy, and Trent. I'm guessing the Pixies is the theme song for all of them now. Yeah. Um, she's face, she, face, she was facing Amber Nova, who this is Nova's Dynamite debut. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty good match. I thought Statlander looked very dominant. 
Um, that's what I that's what I meant by good match. It wasn't real competitive, but Statlander looked very dominant. Uh, towards the end of the match, she hit a handspring leg drop, then a flipping senton, and it gave the thumbs up to Cassidy, then hit a roundhouse kick, um, and then a modified pile drover, which is called Supernova, and for the cover in the one, two, three. Which I thought it was ironic that she hit the Supernova mm-hmm. on Amber Nova. Mm-hmm. Um, but backstage, Amber Nova and Jade Cargill posed together for a photo saying they had the best abs in AEW. So is that a future tag team combo that we could see? Could be. Could be. <laughs> I would be surprised if they put Jade in a, in, a, in a permanent tag team for now, but maybe it's like a oh, yeah. one or two week thing. So. Just kind of like a partnership. Hey, you got my back. I got your yep. back type of thing. Yep. Because we kind of um, saw her in one of those with Nyla Rose and um, a few other ladies uh, months ago when they attacked Brandy before Brandy was pregnant. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. But Statlander looked good last night. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the Chris Statlander I want to see. Yeah. I agree. Uh she seemed a little confused with the placement of Orange Cassidy's hands post match, though. <laughs> yeah, he came through her arms for the thumbs up, and they—I think he got a little too close uh, to certain regions, and it kind of threw her off because you I never th- see her break character. I, she I think you're character. absolutely right. I think Orange Orange started going in with both hands, then realized, "Oh, I better not do that," and then <laughs> stopped, and it got a little awkward, and it was, it was funny. Yeah, just to see Statlander be like and smiling, you know eyes wide smiling it was great it was a nice little segment um i really enjoyed it and i'm glad statlander's back earth's favorite alien is back to dominate the aew yeah, she's a good fit with best friends yes honestly. she is so then we go backstage dash gonzalez is talking with team taz and asked taz about if christians answered his invite from last week ricky starts then interrupts says they shouldn't be waiting so long for an answer and says no offense hobbs because hobbs took like months to answer um taz says he gets it and says they should uh, keep going after christian taz tells starks to hang backstage he's a little too combustible be out there brian cage agrees with him but taz tells him he should stay back as well cage seems very confused by that taz says just leave it to him hook and hobbs to talk with christian we then see christian in the ring with tony shivani christian says it's a huge thrill for him to talk with tony as they've never done so before christian says he has an open contract from tony khan and then he gets interrupted by Taz with Hook and Powerhouse Hobbs. Taz doesn't appreciate getting blown off by Christian and asks if he's in or out. Christian says he was going to answer in the back in private, but since he's out here, um, Team Taz is a bit of a dumpster fire. He says he didn't come to AEW to help Taz. He came here to win a championship. Christian says his answer is no. He makes a hype joke about Taz, saying, I'm glad you're standing on three steps right there so we can see eye to eye. Taz then says he never likes Christian anyway. And he always... Uh, had a buddy to carry him throughout his career, and he didn't like his buddy either. Taz keeps talking. Christian makes a joke about all that bingo hall money because uh, Taz makes a joke about standing on the wallet. He'd be like three feet taller than Christian, and Christian makes a joke about bingo hall money. And then Taz, I think, seriously got shoot fired up and said, I got other money. And like he does, he gets fired up by by a lot of things. I got other money, and um, how dare you be out yeah. here wearing my colors and dare yep. to tell me no? Yep. So then Hobbs goes 
walks to the ring, throws a shot. Christian ducks it, throws a few of his own. Hobbs hits a big shot. Christian tries to circle behind Hobbs, but Hook comes in for a quick, quick distraction. Hobbs plants Christian to the mat. They go out to the floor. Hobbs throws Christian to the barricade a couple times. Hobbs uh, lifts and drops Christian down to the floor. He then throws Christian headfirst into the steps while Taz yells at him. Hobbs then grinds his foot into Christian's head. Yeah. Uh, interesting segment. I knew once Hobbs walked towards that ring that there was no hope for Christian at all. Nope. Made Hobbs look strong. Um, they're going to fight next week on Dynamite. And I think this is the first of many matches we're going to see of Christian with an up-and-coming talent in AEW. Or will this be the first of many matches between Christian and Team Taz? I, th- I think you're right. I think that's where they're going. I think we're definitely going to get some formation of Christian and Brian Cage versus the rest of Team Taz. Um, honestly, I wouldn't be upset. I don't think it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be upset to see Will Hobbs pull off the upset via like a distraction or a uh, two-on-one or three-on-one scenario next week and get that wink. That would be huge for him. And uh, Christian, I don't think, would mind taking an L. but No. Christian's a shiny new toy coming <laughs> off of seven years of being out of the ring. So I don't see that happening. No, neither do I. He'll get the win. Um, Hobbs needs it, but yeah, yep. we, we don't book it. We just talk about it. Yep. We do our best to guess it, but yep. we're usually uh, pretty bad at that. So as long as uh, Brian cage doesn't grab a microphone and go, uncle Christian. Don't give him any ideas. <laughs> Don't give him any ideas. His long lost older brother or uncle or something. So yeah. uh, next week, besides Powerhouse Hobbs versus Christian Cage, we're going to get uh, Sheeta uh, re- uh, de- defending her title against Tay Conte. Of course, the AEW Women's World Championship. I just kind of said that. Uh, we're going to see uh, Ricky Starks with Taz versus uh, Hangman Adam Page. We're going to see Trent with Orange Cassidy versus Penta L Zero Mido with Alex Abrahantes. That should be a good one. Um, and I'm sure we'll see more matches added as the week goes on. Yes, absolutely. We then get to the main event of the show. It sees the TNT title. Darby's defending it against Matt Hardy in a false count anywhere. No DDQ match. Really good, uh, fun match. Um, don't know how good it was, but it was a fun match. Um, a fun match yeah. I was a little nervous for Matt Hardy going into this. Um, this was a tape show, so I knew obviously nothing too bad happened or we would have heard about it. But just given Matt's history so far in AW with crazy spots and, and things that have happened to him, I was kind of nervous about this match, but thankfully it went on as planned. Um, we saw Darby get his back busted open. A lot of weapons used in this match. A lot of interference. Uh, we saw... Uh, <laughs> The Matt Hardy family office. I still hate that name. Uh, <laughs> the Butcher, the Blade, uh, Private Party all come in. We see the Dark Order come out to help um, Darby. We see Sting come out. We even see uh, Lance Archer come out. And, Which was uh, weird. And also Ethan Page is out there. And so Scorpio Sky, because uh, they were trying to get involved and Archer cut them off. Sting's uh, kind of sees and checks out what, what Archer's doing. Then Archer gets in the ring. He grabs Cassidy and hits the blackout in front of Sting. So he's kind of like, see what I can do sort of thing, which was a little odd. Um, but a lot of interference, it kind of took away from the match itself, I thought. There were just too many bodies, yeah. too many things going on until they headed backstage where uh, we see Darby and Matt Hardy battling through the heel tunnel or the face tunnel, excuse me. And we see uh, 
Tony Khan and BJ Whitmer in the background. And we see Hardy throw Darby through a computer monitor, set up a ladder, uh, brings Darby over onto the table and uh, hits a move off the ladder, uh, a leg drop. It's a fairly low leg drop, but I thought maybe that was it. But Darby kicked out a two. Hardy brings Darby back on the stage. Darby's crawling and looking for Steen's bat, which Steen threw the bat to Darby earlier and left. It <laughs> just went through the yeah. tunnel. Like, I don't uh, know if that I'm was glad. like, here, kid, use this, or here, kid, kind of a passing of the torch type thing. I couldn't really tell what they're going, maybe a little bit of both. Um, so Darby's looking for that bat. Uh, Hardy hits a few hard shots to the back, looking for a power bomb to throw uh, Darby off the stage, but Darby hits a low blow kick to, to Matt Hardy. Uh, Darby then drops down and gets the bat. Hardy's right near commentary. Darby hits Matt with a couple bat shots to his body, then smacks the monitors with the bat like a crazy guy, then mm-hmm. chokes uh, Matt with the bat. Then he puts Hardy on the commentary table, then climbs up some equipment, some scaffolding, hits a cop and drop for the one, two, three. As the show goes off the air, Darby Allen still your TNT champion. And I got to say... Um, I was wrong with this, by the way. <laughs> Prediction. Yes. Um, part of me wonders if it has something to do with the passing of Matt's dad. Um, if maybe he wants to find a way to take some time off. Um, and being a champion, Matt has never been one to take time off when with gold around his waist. Um but with that being said, props to Matt Hardy for coming out there and delivering that caliber of a match with the news that he received last week. Yeah, uh, prayers and thoughts go out to Matt and Jeff Hardy and their families and their close friends. Um, I've heard and read nothing but good things about their father yep. um, over the years. Um, but yeah, he's the ultimate professional. Matt Hardy always has been, always will be. Um, that's why it's so great for this company and the younger talents can see examples of that leadership and responsibility and learn from that. But uh, Darby, man, he's a tough champ. Mm. Um, it's going to take quite an effort to take that belt or off him, but he doesn't need the belt. That's what that, no. he's over. I mean, he is a homegrown AW talent. They have built to a main event mega star. Um, he's the face of TNT right now with that belt. Yeah. But like I said, I text you last night. I'd be fine with all ego Ethan page or Scorp- Scorpio sky taking off of, taking the belt off him. But the more I think about it, I think Miro is the perfect guy. Uh, Miro would be a good fit to take that belt off of him. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It shows Miro's dominance, Mm -hmm. the ability to do the one thing no man has been able to do. And that's take that belt off of Darby. Yeah. Cause it's going to have to be somebody that's has, can beat up sting in the process too. Yeah. Cause things gets involved, involved every week. So, yep. Yep. And it needs to be somebody who's in a singles type of situation like Miro. Yes. Doesn't have that backup. Um, You know, the only downfall I could see with Darby and Miro going one-on-one is Kip would show up and then it'd get Miro distracted and that might cause Darby the chance to retain on Miro. Could. I I would love to see... um... Miro against Darby at double or nothing, but I could easily see Kip versus Miro at double or nothing to kind of put a end to that chapter, I guess. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see where they're headed in the next coming weeks, but yeah. Uh, and uh, props to Tony Khan for hiding from the light when they went backstage during this match. Yeah. He kind of uh, leaned back to the darkness he, a little bit. Yeah. He was doing everything he could to get away from being on TV. Yep. And that is something you don't see a lot of anymore. No, I mean he's been on camera plenty on Impact, so yeah, probably that's, more that's than he was he ever attending 
<laughs> yep. Yep. So yeah. good dynamite last night actually drew the highest viewership ever of all time. 1.219 million views with a 0.44 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic, which is their highest rating since October, 2019, which was their debut episode. So uh, first week unopposed with NXT on Tuesdays and Big, big numbers for Dynamite. Uh, we'll see next week if they can continue it. We'll see if that was just a boost from Tyson and uh, Jericho appearing on the Broken Skull Sessions or what it was. But uh, still a really good episode last night to hopefully keep those viewers who are tuned in for the first time to come back in the next few weeks. Yeah, and uh, talking about the, the numbers, I told you I was going to do this. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. That's how you celebrate. In the words yep. of Jericho, with a little bit of the bubbly. I'm sure Jericho had a little <laughs> bit of the bubbly today. I'm sure the they all did. The demo god. <laughs> the demo god himself, raining down with a 1.2. Well, I know we both really enjoyed the show, but it's yeah. come to that time during our podcast to give out some letter grades. Letter grade for last night's episode. Solid A. There's only a few things. Um, that drew me from that a plus that was the chaoticness of the championship and um yeah well really that was about it <laughs> i thought i had something else but it kind of just disappeared out of my brain so we'll go with that yeah i'm going with an a as well um but the chaoticness of the main event just with all the all the interruptions it was just kind of distracting a little bit yep um and uh, I don't know. I guess the the Dark Order bit with Hangman, I didn't see yeah. a whole lot out of that. Yeah. It's always nice to see Dark Order twice in one night. Um, yeah. But the bit with Hangman, again, I understand where they're going with mm-hmm. it. Everybody else is back together. Is Hangman going to join them? But this week it wasn't needed. Maybe next yep. week or after double or nothing even. But in ring, I thought everything was great. I thought the uh, yep. tag team match was the match of the night and one of the best matches of the year. Probably the match of the year candidate, to be honest. So um, they just yep. show why they have the best tag team division once again. <laughs> so we're both going with A's. Who is your AW Wrestler of the Week? You know, I was thinking about this earlier. I've I've done this first every episode. I want, I want to give you the chance to okay. go first this week. Okay. Well, there's a lot to pick from. This week, I could I could go with the heel bucks. I could go with Jade Cargill. I could go with Anthony Agogo. I go with all the winners. I could go with Chris Jericho. I could go with Mike Tyson, even though he's not a superstar. <laughs> or I can go with Darby Allen. And I am going to go with Darby Allen. I, I, I it might be a cop out answer, but um, I picked my Hardy to win. Darby proved me wrong, and it's got to take a a Herculean effort or somebody like Miro to take the belt <laughs> off off Darby <laughs> Allen. So that's your uh, that's your prediction. Miro Darby one on one. Miro wins. Yep. And uh, you actually surprised me. I thought you were going to go with Anthony Agogo here. Thought so, about it. <laughs> I have to think on the fly because I was going to go with Darby uh, for retaining. Still so can I? Ah, but I will go with um, Dax Hardwood in a losing effort. Yes. Why? Because he put on a good show. Okay. Takes you back to that 80s feel like I was talking. Um, 
probably enjoyed this match more than any match apart from the main event. Uh, I did. I really enjoyed the Bucks, but I really enjoyed the chemistry that Jericho and Dax had. Um, that's something that you don't really see a whole lot of. I mean, they haven't really gone one-on-one a whole lot throughout their careers and to come in to have such good chemistry to be able to deliver such a good match i gotta go with dax yeah both ftr guys they can go in singles they just rarely do Um, and they did have good chemistry and that's why i enjoy whenever the bucks are against uh, the lucha bros or the bucks are against uh, death triangle the chemistry between nick jackson and ray phoenix it's unbelievable, it's and, we, and we we were lucky to see that live in November 2019 yeah. in Indianapolis at Dynamite, and uh, those two they can read each other like a book, and it's so fun to watch. Yep, yep, and you know I just I really enjoyed the whole match, like I said, with Jericho and Dax, and again I know Dax lost, um, and the fact that I'm picking a loser is probably a little. St- Shocking to you? As oh, oh! I think I think our listeners and viewers are getting used to Paul kind of going off the wall for his uh, wrestlers of the week. I yeah. like it though. I mean, I mean, um, never know who you got to pick. Keeps me on my toes. I'm 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 probably a little more predictable with my I'm I'm more boring with my picks. And the main reason here for this is the fact that he was smart enough to go over to the table to have the um, ringside medic look at his head just so he could grab that microphone. Yeah. Good classic heel tactics. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So any other comments or thoughts that we haven't hit on tonight? Uh, Congratulations again to AEW um, for breaking the million mark. Look forward to some great shows coming up in the future. Uh, Best of luck to everyone who's been released from WWE today. Um, and probably the ones to come in the next day or two as well. Yep. Well said, Paul. And uh, hopefully Dynamite can pull out another strong number next week and keep the momentum going because uh, once um, their main competition looks bad on a day kind of like today, um, it's good to get the good vibes going and and keep them rolling. Yep, absolutely. And uh, I think in three months we see the numbers jump again because people will be tuning in to go, ooh, who from WWE is going to show up in AEW? Very well could. Wouldn't be surprised. Yep. And by that time, who knows how many fans <laughs> might be allowed, where they might be doing shows, and um, who could be popping up in other promotions, and what storylines will be going on. Yeah. Futures untold. Looking bright. Yes, it is. And with that, for Tanner Lee, I'm Paul Zartman. Join us again next week as we kick out another podcast.